It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with Chris Bucanani sitting in for Dustin Hawkinsmith this week. Chris, you survived one segment. How you doing? I'm doing great, Jim. May I good. begin the segment by just sounding off on one of your sponsors for a moment? Go ahead. This is an unsolicited and uncompensated endorsement from me. You've been promoting that collegiate athletic travel trip down to the Auburn game. I, I, I just want to say, I have been on these trips. You really cannot beat it. It's, it's so much fun for so many reasons. I am super lazy. I hate traveling. It's a known fact among my friends that if I leave Happy that Valley for too long, I just start to fade from existence, like the picture in Back to the Future. But if I'm following the Nittany Lions, I can just kind of take the magic with me, so it's okay. So I love being surrounded by Penn State fans. And I don't like planning my own travel or worrying about anything other than the football, frankly, especially if it's a big game and I'm nervous. So just having everything taken care of for me, like just being shepherded from place to place and making sure everything is taken care of, it's it's worth you know, it's a bargain at twice the price, frankly. So, anyway, go go down with Jim and Dustin <laughs> to watch the Nittany Lions take on Auburn. We don't get to make the SEC road trips too often. Do it with Collegiate Athletic Travel. And go to athletictravel.com to get your reservations made. Right, Jim? Exactly, Chris. And I'll tell you what. I, I haven't traveled with Collegiate Athletic Travel before. I've gone on You're a couple love road it. games. And the couple things that were always rough is if you just go with a couple people – you know, how are you going to tailgate? Where are you going to stay? You know, the fu- but here to be on a flight, a charter flight with all Penn State folks, you know, staying at a hotel with all Penn State folks, and they have a couple different events scheduled and all. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm all excited about it. So, um, again, would love to have some of our listeners with us. It'll be a great time. I can guarantee that. All right, Chris, let's go back to our topic. And we're talking about the state of the Penn State football program after we got through spring practice. We talked in general in in quarter number one. What I want to do now is get into more of the specifics. Let's use quarter number two to talk about the offense. Now, let's face it, a year ago, this is where the issue was. And it's in general, you could say, oh, the running game was bad. But I want to find out from you, where did things go wrong? Where do we put the blame, I guess is the easiest way to put it. Is it the offensive line? Was it the running backs? Was it the quarterback? And please, please do not give me the answer that, well, it was some of a bit of everything. What was the issue, Chris? On the run game, Jim, I know you don't want to hear that answer, but I, I, you, you want me to be honest. I really, as far as I can tell... There was a holistic failure in the run game last year. I, I, and we talked about this a little bit during the season, and we certainly touched on it on television from week to week. I did put a fair amount of the blame on the backs themselves. Sometimes you are not going to get the greatest blocking in front of you. Ask the college or pro version of Saquon Barkley about that. If you if you're faced with the you know the lemons, sometimes you got to make lemonade as a back. And I thought that there were plenty of instances last year where whoever we had 
taking the handoff, just didn't take advantage of what opportunities were there. Uh, the, the vision, the uh, choosing what direction to go, the just speed of their decision-making did not meet the moment. And some of that does have to fall on the backs themselves. Now, was the blocking great? No, it certainly was not. And I think that our young tight ends, and we'll talk about them more in a few minutes, I'm sure, I think they struggled to adapt to what they were being asked to do as run blockers in Mike Yursich's system versus what they were trained to do a year before as true freshmen or as freshmen in uh, uh, Kirk Shiraka's. So, again, I think it was a systemic failure. Top to bottom, you could look at every position group and say any one of these players doing something a little bit better on any given play might have resulted in a positive outcome that didn't happen. But from play to play, you couldn't consistently go back to the same guy or even the same position group and say the same mistakes are coming from the same place. So that's frustrating to hear as an answer. But I, on, on one end, you could say it, it's bad because everyone at one point or another was underperforming. But again, if we're trying to look for the silver lining, we can say we have an entire offseason to correct and improve a lot of the mistakes were being made by young players who still have a lot of football in front of them. And when it comes to the backs, I do hope that there has been an upgrade at the position just with some of the talent we've brought in. Because when you look at running back, it's one of the places where you can see immediate impact, especially as the season goes on. You think about guys like Evan Royster and Silas Red and Saquon Barkley, all made an impact as true freshman running backs at Penn State all saw their workload dramatically increase as we got to the second half of the season. So I, I'm, I'm actually cautiously optimistic we can improve the results in the run game. And again, if for no other reason than it would be exceedingly difficult to be worse. <laughs> Nowhere else to go but up from here. I think you're right with running backs, specifically Nick Singleton, and I really like what I saw Catron Allen in the spring game. Same. But if you have an issue on the offensive line. Normally, normally you lose three starters out of the five starters on the offensive line. You're saying, uh-oh, we have an issue. My mantra has been about the offensive line, addition by subtraction. I think this offensive line needed a fresh start, and I'm cautiously optimistic with the new folks that they're putting in. Stop. A year ago, you didn't have Fashanu, you didn't have Tengwall playing, Sal Warmly coming off of injury, and the transfer Hunter Norzad. They have to be better, don't they, Chris? Snake oil. Get your snake oil here. <laughs> Two bottles for the price of one. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. I, I am not going to promise anyone there's going to be improvement on Penn State's offensive line. I'm, I'm just done. You're going to have to pretend this is Missouri and show me. Well, I still look at it like when I've seen replays, when I've seen, you know, people like uh, T. Frank go into the analysis or our friend Coach Caduti come on and I've watched his films when he so there were just so many mistakes made by the offensive line that I just said to myself, it has to be better, Chris. Don't don't even I don't need you to excel. I just need you to hold your own. Is that asking too much from that group? No, absolutely not, especially given the recruiting pedigree of a lot of these guys we've brought in 
And to your point, yes, you're replacing starters, but you're at least able to bring in a couple of guys who you liked what you saw from them in limited action. Now, sometimes that doesn't project to an expanded role, but the one guy, as you know, I am totally bought in on is, is Lendon Tengwall, who we saw play as a true freshman, and I think I, that guy's the truth. And if Fashanu can project what he did at the end of the season to a bigger role come this fall, that's a left side of the line you can feel pretty good about. So, look, I'm, I'm not going to dunk on you for being cautiously optimistic, but I, I am not going to join you either. I'm just done. I've made a solemn promise to myself and our audience that I am done peddling snake oil on the offensive line. I, I feel like I'm in that situation, Chris, where, you know, there's a one in a million chance. So you're telling me there's a chance. I, I just want to feel that positive vibe for them. But, you know, we talk running back, we talk offensive line. Still, you know, we haven't mentioned his name yet, Sean Clifford, the quarterback. We've seen him for five years. I have people saying, well, he is what he is. Well, what does that mean? You know, five games into the season, he was undefeated. He had a game where he was, what, 28 for 32 against Auburn? Yeah. As accurate as can be. Is that who we're, who we're bringing back next year? Or are we bringing back the guy that we saw the rest of the season? Well, you have to feel at least better about the depth behind him this season than last year. You've got two true freshman quarterbacks who are thought of very highly and Christian Veyu, who has some in-game experience as a backup, which is all more than we could say last year. We had no experience backups behind Clifford and not a ton of highly recruited talent in that quarterback room. I almost don't want to spend a whole lot of time on Clifford just because, like you said, I think I, I think we know what we're getting. We understand there are options there if things go south. The one thing I want to emphasize in his defense is that this is the first time since he's been at Penn State, and I think Joe Paterno recruited him, he's been here so long, that uh, he's had the same offensive coach system, quarterbacks coach, for two years straight. So uh, the guy has not experienced any stability, frankly, in his entire Penn State tenure, which is famously lengthy. So... I, I, I'll just kind of wrap it up by pivoting to say I feel where I am ca- cautiously optimistic is on the receiving weapons he'll have. I think that bringing in Mitchell Tinsley from Western Kentucky, who just absolutely ripped up the competition and to stabilize the receiver spot opposite Parker Washington, then you have Keandre Lambert-Smith, as your third receiver and a a ton of intriguing guys after them, that gives you a solid trio of wide receivers who I feel very good about. And then to circle back to the tight end position, I am just going to need to see more from those guys, from Brenton Strange, from Theo Johnson, from Tyler Warren. But what makes me feel good about that group is that we know they can do it. We saw them play well as freshmen, and we saw each of them have their moments last year where they flashed the ability that everybody raved about and that we saw from them as freshmen. And then we saw moments where they dropped passes in key moments, every single one of them. 
And so if you want some cautious optimism, my cautious optimism is that last year the tight end group, specifically the top two guys, Strange and Johnson, were experiencing their sophomore slump. And they are now poised to make a Mike Gesicki-type leap. And if one or both of them can do so, it could completely transform what Penn State can do with its offense in the run and pass game. I feel, Chris, that the pieces are forming. I like the wide receivers. I like the tight ends. I like the incoming running backs. I I am cautiously optimistic about the offensive line. I think it has to be better. I'm still concerned when I gave you the opportunity to say something good about Sean Clifford, your answer was, well, the backups are going to be better this year. So, all right, that is it for the offense. Quarter number three, we're going to talk about the defense where there are a lot of holes to fill. Stay tuned. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. In his book, Why Penn State, author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering old states past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind We Are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com. 